If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Now, our guest today is another regular, Carol. Carol Herder. How are you today, Carol? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much. That's good. Good. Now, Carol, um, we're talking today about 10 essential laminized tips for the holistic horse owner. Is that correct? That's correct. That's perfect. Correct. Perfect. Because I, it's something that, um, you know, laminized is something that you don't want to happen to your horse, but if you, the more you know about it, the easier it is to prevent it. Yes, and it seems to be um, a rampant diagnosis at the moment. Um, mm. A lot of horses are contracting this mm. condition. Now, although it's um, super scary and can be a real emotional roller coaster and, and can, in fact, be fatal, yes. uh, it's manageable. Mm. And so it's, it just requires some, some knowledge and, um, you know, the ability to know what you're dealing with so that you can manage it. Yes. So that it doesn't become really critical. So we're going to talk about what it is um, and how you can manage it. But more importantly, I'd like to talk about preventing it in the beginning. Oh, that's good. So we'll that's talk good. about that yeah, too, yeah, if that's yeah. okay. Absolutely. So if we start off with just some basics, laminitis basics for the horse owner. Right. Well, um, rather than knowing all the um, functions of the hoof, what we need to know is about the coffin bone, the hoof ball, and the white line. Um, what happens with laminitis is the coffin bone separates from the hoof ball, and it is connected now with these fibrous interwoven, beautifully flexible tissues called lamella. And I like to compare it to uh, when it when it's strong and intact, it's like a willow tree. You know, when, when a willow tree gets stressed in the wind, it just bends, it flexes. Mm. But, you know, a tree that, that's compromised, doesn't have nutrients, when the wind comes up or if there's any stress involved, it just breaks. And that's what happens with laminitis. The lamella starts to break away, and it allows the coffin bone to start to separate from the hoof wall. And the, there's various degrees of it. When it separates entirely, the coffin bone drops through the sole, and that's something we call founder. And when that happens, it's extremely painful. Um, Liking to uh, say you have a long nail that separates from your finger, it really, really hurts, and you want to avoid that at all costs. It's also similar, like imagine um, Velcro, you know, because the lamella are like interwoven Velcro pieces, and you rip. You know, two pieces of Velcro apart, um, and it's live tissue ripping yep. apart. Yep. 
that can really be painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's basically what what laminitis is. Mm-hmm. And some ways that you can tell, I mean, you know, your horse could be uncomfortable uh, when that starts to happen because the integrity of the hoof is breaking down. So, so Carol, tell us the signs and symptoms of laminitis. How do we know that what we've got is laminitis? Right. Well, again, it's it's um, widely diagnosed. So, uh, as well as a lot of other conditions that our horses could potentially have, present by signs of discomfort. Mm-hmm. So, of course, could be shifting weight from to another. Um, there's this stance, this laminitic stance that horses have where they sort of try to move their back end under their weight uh, to take the weight off the front end. Mm-hmm. And and that's a very noticeable stance because the front end is kind of stretched out in front and they, they almost seem like they, they want to be sitting on their hind end. Uh, that's extreme. Uh, there could be like little protuberances, uh, your horse could have an increased heart rate, or any irregular appearance. Um, they could be they could be unwilling, there could be heat, there could be swelling, um, chronic illness, um, increased infection. He, he could be overweight, he could always be hungry. Um, you may notice lowered immunity, um, urination despondent, low energy, agitation, you know, any of those things can, should signal you to have a look uh, a little deeper. Okay. And, you know, some of the reasons are, are widespread too. It's like, you know, well, why does my horse gorge on fresh grass and get laminitis and the other horses in the paddock don't? So, it's a combination. It can be a combination of other things build up. Mm-hmm. So you really have to watch and, and know your horse's um, history. Uh, yeah. So it could be like medications or antibiotics they were on, um, you know, imbalanced or insufficient weight distribution from the trimming and the treatment of the feed. You know, everybody thinks laminitis is, is a hoof issue. But it's an overall health issue for your horse because if your horse is is healthy and strong and has integral cellular structure, yep. it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. infections, injuries, vaccinations, overwarming. You know, okay. There's quite a few causes, isn't there? You know, you, you sort of oh, think it's just yeah. overweight, but there are quite a few different causes of laminitis. Right, and the thing is, when they're com- uh, compounded together, you know, like even birthing, you know, a birthing stress can cause about a laminitis. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. 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 So, so, so if your horse has got laminitis, what's the immediate action plan that we can put into place? Right, and that's super important because mm-hmm. if you um, out of laminitis, you know, obviously you're going to phone your vet. But if you take immediate action, you can avert it. And, and so that's colder ice therapy. And if it's done within 48 hours, you can you can turn the whole system around. Mm-hmm. You can avert a really dangerous, like, 
coffin bone breaking to the soul. So, that, and the thing is, that's compounded too. So, by stress, we didn't mention stress. Okay. <laughs> yes, one, yes. One of the causes. So, you know, horses are so receptive to to our moods, and you know, because they're they're prey animals, they have to watch what predators are doing around them. And if we're really agitated and flipping out about it, it's going to make it way worse. So stay cool above everything else. Mm -hmm. Get some ice therapy or cold therapy immediately. And, um, you know, you can use, you can use Cavallo hoof boots. You can put pads in. So he's got uh, a soft footing Mm -hmm. and then fill it up with ice or cold water or, um, you know, a nice hosing with cold water uh, and just keep hosing until the bed gets there. And if your horse needs yeah. to lie down, you know, provide a soft bed to lie down in. Just tell us a little bit about the Cavallo hoof boots, you know, about how they're shaped and how we can use them to help treat laminitis. Right. Well, it's, yeah, that's a great question because, um, you know, we're very proud that, that the hoof boots, Cavallos have drainage in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... So if you want to use them as a poultice or a soaking boot or something, take a piece of duct tape. Do you, do you call it duct tape? Too? I, th- I think if you uh, can Google duct tape, people will know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and just cover the drainage slots. And then you can put uh, your, your ice or your poultice in and it won't leak out. But one of the best things is, is really uh, like a holding. Mm-hmm. And just let, you know, so the water's going to circulate inside the boots and you're going to have a soft insole in there. So really, always have a pair of boots on hand yep. for for any injuries or poultices or, or treatment. As part of your first aid kit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when you're... Um, when it sets in, I mean, you get you can get pretty upset about it, and you, you know, the tendency is to take your horse away and put him in a stall and try to make it comfortable and all that. But the thing is, horses' stress level really increases if they aren't hurt. You know, they're hurt and all. So you kind of have to manage that too. Like, if you want to take him away from his herd, it maybe bring a companion or, or let him see another horse so he doesn't start getting stressed out. And another thing that's often indicated, um, which we, we don't think is appropriate, is to remove the food. Mm-hmm. You know, horses are meant to masticate and, and eat, um, you know, all the time. And if you don't have food available, they get really stressed out too. Mm-hmm. So until you know that this is a food or feed issue. Um, wow, allow your horse to have some food. Just, just tell us about that because you said that it's not a hoof issue itself. It's it's holistic, you know. So how is the horse's entire system involved in laminitis? Right. Um, well, um, one thing we know for sure, and so many people are talking about this now, and it's not just about horses. Um, but now, you know, I don't know if you've heard of saying you have a second brain, and that's the microbiome. And so what happens in your gut really affects your entire system. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what your horse ingests 
influences his microbiome. Okay. And the gut acts as a guard for the immune system. So, and it's constantly exposed to microbes and bugs and germs and bacteria, you know, from different food and water. And the process begins in the stomach, the small intestine, with absolutely dizzying amounts of bacteria colonizing in the upper intestinal tract. And this is a commotion of sugars and starch, and that's why um, so often some of of the um, prognosis about laminitis will be to not feed sugary um, sugary feeds mm-hmm. because there's, there's these volatile fatty acids and then they're absorbed by the horse and used for energy. Um, and it's a fermentation process. And and if it's healthy, it reduces the blood sugars and amounts of enzymes that are required to digest. And it's a whole cycle. Um, and your horse is a high gut fermenter, which is, which is kind of a cool thing because it means the flora of the hind gut process all this digestion for a second time. And so the massive amounts of fiber that, that your horse would ingest uh, gets processed yet again okay. in grazing okay. animals. And and if 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 it doesn't digest it leaves the horse vulnerable. So that bacteria is essential to the entire system. Yes. And you know so 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 is the, you know, the fact that your horse every day can get stronger or weaker depending on what's happening within the digestive system, immune system, biomechanical system. They're all systems, nervous, reproductive system, and they don't function in isolation. You know, it's interesting because you, we really question that generally. Uh, treatment for laminitis, you know, well, there could be several. So there could be nerve block or bar shoes or frog support or cryptic shoeing. But here's one that's often done is is lowering people and then applying wedge pads. And honestly, it's, it seems counterintuitive to lower and then raise the heel. And if you're raising the heel, just imagine if you raise the heel, you're kind of forcing the counter effect for the toe to separate from the wall even more. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're going to raise the heel, if you're going to put any sort of wedge pad on a a potentially laminitic horse, the wedge should actually be in front to push the bone structure, the coffin bone back into the wall. And of course, any sort of wedging treatment should only be done uh, after a radiograph, and, and so then you can tell what sort of percentages to wedge, and um, it shouldn't be it should be a temporary measure because you want to get them back to flat level, even and balanced as soon as possible. Yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. 
So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Yeah, I mean, ideally the whole situation is if we can prevent it, isn't it? You know, what can we do to prevent laminitis and other diseases? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, in that regard, um, we want to give our horses a natural environment, uh, compensation for domesticity, you know, because horses have been on the planet for 50 million years. Yeah. It's not like, you know, they're a design flaw and, and they're not prone to all these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they survive and thrive. In fact, I was so fascinated by by your brumbies because 1.3 million brumbies are not only surviving but thriving in mm-hmm. the outback. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, consider that there there's nothing there. It's such an aggressive environment, yet it serves them. <laughs> yes, and you know, so often we treat our horses like we bundle them up and we feed them rich food, and you know, we we blanket them and we do all these things to, you know, the term anthropomorphism, where where we bestow human characteristics on our animals. Mm, you know, these mm. animals, they're, they're like scavengers, and they've got to hide. You know, so. It's important that we try to emulate what happens in a natural environment to to support their system. Yep. And it, it requires some understanding of, of their system, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. Yep, yep, for yeah. sure, for sure. So we have to compensate for that domesticity, but... If we're thinking of a long-term plan, what can we do? I'm sure you've got some some tips and things that you can tell us what we can do to implement it so that the horses, we can prevent them from getting laminitis. Right, right. Mm. Well, microbiome, so first of all, you're not going to feed them, um, uh, feed the cement cow, you know, um, is really rich. Um, sugary feed like alfalfa hay Mm -hmm. is meant to grow a bovine, a cow, really big, really fast. It's it's not a horse food. So, you know, feed them, you know, grass hay, not so rich, not so much protein. And feed them regularly so that they are masticating all the time. You know, grass is beautiful wherever, wherever, wherever terrain you're living on. You know that natural grass is is meant for them. But, you know we can't all have the ability of getting our horses out on pastures, and so you just you know you don't want to feed them really rich feed. Now back to the outback, you know, where, where horses are, are scavengers and eating twigs and branches and, you know, really using their teeth to masticate the food. Um, of course, in a domestic environment, we we float horses' teeth, uh, you know, where, where yes. a, a dentist practitioner comes in and levels the teeth. And you really have to careful who you're going to allow in your horse's mouth because what's happening is, is you know, people want to get the job done quickly and there's these power tools that help the practitioners level and balance the teeth. But teeth only grow three and a half to 
inches in a horse's lifetime. So what we're seeing now is these older horses who somewhere along the line, somebody's, you know, taken off too much juice, and they can no longer masticate food properly, so they can't chew. And and so, you know, we we have to take that into account. Like, in a, in a wild horse environment, horses will be trimming their own teeth, gnawing on gnawing on branches and all that really rough food. So we have to watch what we do with horses' teeth and certainly watch what we do with feet. Um, so, so in a wild environment, they'd be trimming their own feet. They, would, they wouldn't have cussive for metal shoes. If you take a metal shoe, you bang it against a rock, you can feel the vibration up your structure. So that concussive force can break down to lamella mm-hmm. and cause lamnitis. So it's really a good idea to allow your horse a period of time where he can be barefoot. And when he's barefoot, of course, um, you'll have to emulate what happens in a natural environment by having a good barefoot trimmer. And these trimmers are integral to this whole preventative cause that we're on. I'm talking about prevention of laminitis, nephticular disease, pedal osteosis, um, even ulcers in the gut because when they get stressed out, when their feet are stressed out, they can really start to worry. And and then, of course, if they're in pain, you know, we want to medicate them and then the medications have have, um, effect on their bodies as well. So, a good trimmer is is really important, um, and of course, this whole vocation of trimmers is growing. Uh, we certainly see the proliferation of it here in North America, and I know you've got some fabulous trimmers over there um, in Australia. Uh, so, and it's an interesting thing too that it's a gender change because. For the most part, you know, nailing metal shoes onto horse's feet requires a lot of upper body strength. Mm. But just trimming the off um, doesn't require as much. Mm-hmm. And so this this vocation is growing uh, with women. Yep. And so, you know, we're taking care of our own horse's feet. And then, you know, some of our friends are asking us to out and trim and we do that and, and there's a lot of good trimmers popping up who are who don't require that upper body strength. So, you know, you want to make sure the hoof is trimmed. Remember when I when I talked about that that uh, nail uh, separating from your finger? If your nail is trimmed nicely to your finger, it's it's not gonna pull away. Mm-hmm. So that's where uh, a good trimmer is, is really integral. When you have that concussive force of uh, metal, um, that can really apply a lot of pressure on your horse's feet. So you want you want to um, have your horse barefoot for a period of time, if not if not all the time. <laughs> but of course, we ride them. So do we need protection in riding? We absolutely do because a domestic. Um, and their their soul's conditioned to the environment that they're living on. 
Yep. But then very often we won't ride on different terrain, you know, more aggressive terrain or terrain other than with that soil is conditioned. So the soil's not used to it. And then we put um, average weight of rider and pack is about 200 pounds. When you apply that additional weight, the soil sinks further to the terrain. So when you're riding your horse and the soil is not conditioned to the terrain and you've got that weight on, you want protection. Uh, and something will absorb shock and concussion. But it does not come in the form of, of constricting or clamping the wolf with metal and then further, um, you know, referring shock of the structure of the horse. So, so that's really where boots come in. Uh, I would see leading your horse barefoot and natural on his living environment, you know, let him rumble around, getting the blood circulating. We talk about Hoof mechanism, and hoof mechanism is is the idea that a thousand pounds of horse weight can come down on a really small. You know, I mean, the hoof is kind of small, right? Five yeah. by five yeah. inches, yeah. and and so the hoof is meant to expand to absorb some of that shock, and and it can do that when it's clamped. And secondly, the blood circulation now, blood has um, oxygen and nutrients. And those nutrients, when they're freely flowing through all the corners of the hoof, can completely prevent uh, a lot of these conditions that our horses are affected, including tinnitus. It can help, you know, blood circulation is integral to the strength and tenacity of the lamella. Yeah. So you really want to improve blood circulation. And how do you do that? Allow the hoof, sole, and frog. We talk about five hearts. So one in the chest and four on the ground. And the frogs pump blood back into the heart. So it's a whole circulatory system. And so when you allow that, when you encourage that to happen, you're going to alleviate a lot of the issues our horses are dealing with. And, and of course, happens, it, it can't happen when your horse is standing in stall or in soft bedding. So so somehow you have to encourage movement. And, um, you know, horses are social animals. If they're, if they're with the herd, they kind of prod each other to move along. And beautiful thing called uh, paddock paradise. Now, if you turn a horse out in a paddock, uh, they'll stand there and look around. Yes. You know, and, you know, maybe they'll stand there for hours. But if you provide a corridor for them to move along in, they'll move. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to encourage movement. So um, this pack paradise idea is just to string a fence inside your fence line and, and make a corridor of like four to five, six feet and if you build a fence in a fence line, then just move around it, and you're encouraging them to move. Yeah. You know, there's other things like um, hydration. In, in a domestic environment, we give them water in buckets, and in a wild horse environment, they'd go and stand in a watering hole, and, and not only would that uh, facilitate internal hydration, but it would allow them to hydrate their hoofs and create that elasticity that we're looking for so that the hoof can expand upon weight-bearing and so that 
you know, the tissues can build and, and be flexible and, and well hydrated and not dry out and become rigid. Yeah, yeah. So, so we stand in a water yeah. hole and then they've got to walk off somewhere to get the grass anyway. So they're, they're sort of walking, yeah. finding water, then going off finding food, coming back for water in the afternoon or something, then having to go off because they're grazing out where they are naturally. And that, I suppose, creates that natural exercise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, they might have a little fight with each other and yeah. some kind of thing sure. that encourages them them to run, you know. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. And the Cavello boots, you know, barefoot, you know, I think barefoot's a lot more accepted these days. It used to be that only poor people had their horses barefoot because they couldn't afford a ferry and now now people realise that barefoot, there's a lot of benefits in having the horse barefoot. And, of course, you've got to have that extra protection, which is the Cavello boots. If people would like to contact you you about Cavello Boots. I'll get those contact details. But also you're going to Equitana in New Zealand, aren't you? Yeah, and Mm, uh, mm. that's coming up here in 10 days, I think. Yes, Uh, it's pretty close. So I'll be speaking at Equitana. I've got two um, two, uh, presentations. One is all about laminitis, and I've got some really nice um, graphics. Presentations, and then the other one I'm doing is a workshop whereby um, you take the um, horse care assessment quiz, and yeah. it's kind of fun. So it's just a group workshop, and you can sort of rate your knowledge, and yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm looking good. forward to that. Good, yeah. good. And if people would like to contact you, Carol, your details are going to be on Horse Chats anyway, and uh, just go to horsechats.com, search for Carol with an E on the end or her to H-E-R-D-E-R, and you'll find those details. But if they're ready to take your contact details now, what are they? Uh, all you need to do is go to the website and Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O, hyphen or dash, Inc, I-N-C, Okay, perfect. We've got a group of people here willing to, ready, willing, and able to support any sort of transition or problem or thing you might have. Yes, yes, and and I think there's a range of books there to have a look at. Yeah, yeah, we've got seven different styles. So we range all the way from the CLBs, which are the cute little boots for minis, and we even have them in bling. Okay. And all the way, <laughs> all the way to big draft sizes. Yeah. All right, Carol, it's lovely to talk to you. Great to find out some more about laminitis. And I know that, you know, you're really passionate about helping the horses and helping prevent laminitis. We sort of talked about the, the causes and the act, immediate action plans and everything, but ultimately we'd like to prevent it. So thanks for coming on and talking to us about that. And hopefully we'll talk to you sometime soon. I'd like that. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Gwyneth. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 